Um, I, I, you know, I think we're going to start, I, you know, we'll see. I know Dennis usually joins us about 10 minutes in for whatever reason. Um, so what we're going to do today, my plan today is to uh, jump back into Voidsec, but as I did with the last class, and I think it was somewhat successful, um, to look at it in terms of the director's assignment and kind of use Voidsec as a, a template in order to explore the, the director's uh, assignment. All right, so if everybody could just um, go into the uh, the PDF section, excuse me, the um, the content folder section of our class and pull up those three files, those three templates to follow for the, the director's assignment thing, um, that would be great. And you could then, then follow along. And what we're gonna do is then kind of explore VoidSec in, in that content, excuse me, in that context. All right. And so the first thing I will bring up is the, um... <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so that that's fine, Julia, that, um... there he is. Uh, that's fine, Julia, that you want to use VoidSec for your, um, for your project. Um, I am going to, then how about this, Julia? I'm going to defer to you for a lot of um, for a lot of information uh, or for a lot of ideas. How far along have you gone, Julia? No, no, no. Stay with the play. Um, We'll just explore ideas. And because it's a director's project and not, you know, an exact reading of it, um, you know, you can you can do your own idea. You obviously don't have to to jump on anything here. And also we're not going to we're also not going to uh do the entire project. So um you know, so you you still have a lot of work to do. And there is Huh. Is that Martin Luther, Sonia? Is that who's now representing you? Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's an inside joke. Sorry I'm late, didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so th there's a lot of variety, Julia, within any play you select. So what we might read here as the play might differ from your reading of it. Furthermore, um... Furthermore, a lot of the creative kind of contributions, your designs and whatnot, are uh, we, we probably won't get into very firm detail about that today. Um, but anyway, let's get into it. For the people who just joined us, uh, what we're going to do is continue to explore VoidSec, but we're going to do it via the um, via the directing project. So kind of explore Voidsec in terms of the standards presented in the directing project. So if you could go to the content collection area of, uh, of Husky CT and take a look at those three PDF templates, that would, that would be helpful for this. So uh, let's get started. And for everybody, uh, Julia, just you could see in the chat, she's doing Voidsec for her play. Anybody else wants to do Voidsec, this does not prevent you from doing that. Um, there's a lot of variety in the way you can do this project. That's why 
why we're doing this project. So you can come up with your own interpretation, et cetera, et cetera. This is just sort of a guide to understand this stuff. And if anybody has questions or wants to, uh, about their play, if they've selected a different play, and wants to volunteer information about how they are using the template, or wants to ask the class collectively about some decisions they're making, feel free. All right, but you know, since we since we do need a kind of like a guiding principle for the class, we're, we're going to use VoidSec as as our uh, as our guiding play. Um, so I want to start with the director's notes. And in the PDF I gave you, this is Clerman's director's notes for Tiger at the Gates, uh, which starts on um, page two hundred six, and. What we have here is costume, setting, style. Um, costumes and setting, you know, we come up with costumes and setting. But I want to start here with style and what exactly that means. So this is what Clerman writes about this play. And I'll, I'll let you know off the bat, I have no idea what Tiger at the Gates is about. I think it's about the Trojan War, um, but I, I have not read it. So anyway, this is the style. The play is a passionate comedy passionate by virtue of the basic content, comedy in the writing. There is a certain detachment in Jardot's manner, sunny, playful, witty. Behind a sly grin and an uncaring mode of speech, we must feel a tragic sense of life without tears. People are forces in this play, graphic symbols. They stand out in strong relief. Each posture, position, move must be sharply defined. So, the first sentence here is really the most important. The play is a passionate comedy. So let's start with, with style then, right? Because style is a little different than tone, which is the director's attitude or, or writer's attitude towards the material. Um, style here seems to be genre with adjustment. So what is the genre of Tiger at the Gates, according to this? Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these questions today are going to be easy. Um, yeah, so comedy. Uh, and the adjustment then is passionate comedy, right? So what we have here is, for style, we have look at kind of the genre, but the genre with an adjustment, um, the take on the genre. And so... Clerman's take on the genre of, of comedy, at least in terms of this play known as Tiger at the Gates, is that it's passionate. Um, you know, it's, it's comedy in the writing. Uh, his style is detached. Um, the passion seems to come in in the second indention here. People are forces in this play. Graphic symbols, they stand out in strong relief. Um, each posture, position, move must be sharply defined. So what he wants to see is a, a, a comedy, but filled with kind of great passion. Um, and how he embodies this is um, is that there's kind of this sense of tragedy about it, and that um, the the things people do, they do with great verve, with great gusto. All right, so this is his idea of, of passionate comedy. And we could see here already... Uh, in in this style thing in, in writing out your style 
that there's a combination of genre, which is is pretty easy to find, right? I mean, comedy or comedy of manners for, let's say, the misanthrope, for example. That's the genre. If you're going to say uh, the misanthrope is a, a tragedy, you know, it's a, a revenge tragedy or something, I, you know, you, you might not be reading the misanthrope carefully. Um, however, this idea of passionate here, this kind of adjustment to the genre, that is a lot more up to you and that, that we have a lot more leeway with, right? So, you know, you might think of the misanthrope as a, a passionate comedy. You might think of it as what you might call like a conservative comedy. It's about um, recognizing the flaws in society, but understanding that the society is, you know, whatever, that the society is what we have and it's relatively stable. What would you say um, is the style of Wojciech? Okay, great. So it's tragedy. Um, kills. He kills the um, the mother of his child at the end. It kind of sucks. Um, and lower class, I'm guessing, in terms of we're dealing with people who are uh, low income, that type of thing. Not not landed, not officers in the army. Okay. Go, go ahead, Kimberly. Were you going to say something? I was going to say that you're correct. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Um, excellent. So that might be a way of doing it. What is another way we could talk about the style of uh, of Wojciech? Julia, do you, do you, I mean, you're approaching this play. What do you think the style is? Okay. Right, tragic drama. So it's it's a it's drama, but tragedy. Um, why so? Why are you looking more at you know, let's say drama, as opposed to um, a class reading? That's okay. Um, okay. Good. So you're seeing this kind of society versus Wojciech um, as as making him commit the tragedy. So, you know, you might even call it like a, um, a social tragedy. That might be a better, a better way of describing the style than tragic drama, for example. Because uh, I think your justification is, is great. So... So good. All right. Excellent. Um, so we have that. Then we move on here to theme. And this is, again, Tiger at the Gates. This is page 207 in your PDF. Theme. The play is about the struggle against destiny, the tiger. Destiny is reality, the natural world without morality. Beautiful like the face of Helen. Pitiless without mind or stroll. <laughs> stroll. Soul. The struggle is between the idealists, Hector and Andromache, who combat destiny, and those who yield to it. 
gaily like Paris, stupidly like Dimachus and Priam, and those who want to see only the pretty side of destiny. Helen herself is on all sides and no sides, except that she is magnetized by what is pretty. Okay, so here we have theme. And theme is phrased as a struggle between things, right? And the big word here is destiny. So there's a big word, a big topic, destiny. Um, and uh, the, the place relationship to the big word, which here is struggle. It's a struggle against that. And some evidence, uh, evidence for that, or at least an accounting of the characters with regard to, to the theme. So um, let's get back into to Wojciech again. Uh, the play is about the struggle against destiny. What is Wojciech about? What is the theme here? And let's start with the big word, right? For Tiger at the Gates, for Clerman, it is destiny. What is the big word for Wojciech? Okay, sure. The theme is society. Okay, great. And so now, what is the play's position to that? I guess, it, like, I was thinking that kind of going off of what Julia had said about it being, like, boys that versus society. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't, I don't know how to really word that, though. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I mean, we could... You know, this is we're doing the assignment on the fly, so um, struggling with what to say or what to word is how how to word it is fine. But there seems to be society, and then there's some kind of relationship or difference in relationship people have. So people like Wojciech and possibly Marie, maybe they, um, maybe they don't find a place in society or have a harder time finding a place in society. Maybe it's Wojciech is the only person who doesn't find a place in society and everybody else, you know, everybody else um, happily acts out their monkey lives in order to whatever, not, not even to get ahead, just to, to continue on. Um, maybe it's some people um, are put out by society and other people are, are lifted up by society, right? So you have, you know, Marie and, and Wojciech, maybe they're put down and um, and society uh, elevates people. It elevates, you know, the the captain, the drum major, etc. Um, maybe it's about the society. Uh, the society that society is uh, mechanized. The mechanization of society, so that everybody is sort of forced to play their role within this this greater structure, right? Maybe it's the play is about the mechanization of people within society. Right. And our big word is society. Okay. Um, any other big words this play might be about? Um, I would say suffering. Oh, great. Okay. So uh, tell us more, Sonia. I don't know. I feel like Wojtek has a place in society. It's just not a good place. And because of the place he's in, he's suffering. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how I would how I would represent that in a play, I guess. I'm trying to think on the fly here. I would just make everything really dull, really gray, like the whole background. It just, 
look really sad. It would make it look like everyone is suffering, like nobody really wants to be there. <laughs> okay, good. So we have a theme here, and, and the relation, you know, suffering and how to describe the theme, you're, you know, you're working out. I mean, you know, we're working out right now. But I also like how you're attaching that to the look of the play, the aesthetics, um, you know, duller clothes. There's a justification for this that's connected to the, the intellectual work you're doing with the play. And that's important. And well, today we're not going to necessarily talk about the the aesthetic characteristics because a lot of that is going to be really it's you guys having fun. Hopefully, hopefully, um, and and limited fun. I understand this is a graded assignment, uh, but thinking the way Sony just did now about how the aesthetics connect to kind of the intellectual work you're doing is important. Um, Though how much fun would it be to see a play that is intentionally unappealing uh, in an unappealing space? Um, it actually kind of sounds a little bit like Artaud, if you guys remember that, the theater of cruelty, where people were just kind of uncomfortably chanting and hugging each other. Uh, so there might be a, a precedent for that. Oh, Sony's gone. Okay, but anyway, good. So we have, we have this kind of idea of theme. Um, and then that brings us to the spine of the play um for tiger at the gate the spine of the play gates the spine of the play is to struggle with the forces of chaos to make sense of them and so here we have um we have the spine again we kind of covered this in in the earlier assignment um, but again we, we're thinking in terms of the infinitive okay. Oh, apparently Sonia has left the Lutheran church. Uh, but we, we want to think about the, the spine of the play in terms of infinitives. To struggle, to make sense. Okay? Um, to whatever, right? Fill in your verb. So what would the spine of Wojciech possibly be? Well, that's okay. So if our, our big word in the theme is society, how might you put that into the spine of the play? of society and to try to find your place okay to to find a place in society sure that'd be great and the tragedy of it is Wojciech really doesn't okay great any other ideas okay so good so you're, you're describing yeah great great Julia so I'm responding to Julia's post um, you're describing the actions of, of the play. And so, um, so if we rephrase what you're saying, um, 
society causing an outcast like Wojciech to reach a breaking point, how would you put that in terms of two dot 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 um, the the stresses of society or something? Like these characters are doing what um, in terms of a society that's pushing them towards a breaking point? You don't have to be sorry. It's fine. That's why we, we're we doing this class, uh, to help out a little bit. What do other people think? Let's help Julia out. Um, so society is causing outcasts to reach a breaking point. How might we rephrase that to be within the requirements of the template? Okay. Um, yeah, maybe to suffer society to endure. So it's to endure society in, until you reach the breaking point. Um, to struggle with with social mechanization until you reach the breaking point. Something like that. Sure. I think that would work great. Okay. Um, good. And so from there we move on to the various characters of the of the play. And this is also maybe a little more familiar, but it's part of the, the acting project. But we are here we have um, the spine and then uh, some, some kind of characteristics of the person, uh, descriptions of the person. And so we start with Hector. And Hector's spine is, again, phrased in this infinitive, right? Uh, to dot, dot, dot. For Hector, it's to quell the tiger, and the tiger is destiny. So, again, this is connecting back into the theme. Clerman is thinking um, in, a, in a very kind of unified, very knotted way. He's putting it all together into one. Um, he's, he's keeping all these elements joined very closely. And so to quell the tiger here uh, might be Hector's th spine, what he's going for, um, then we get a description of Hector, a full man, a fighter, but not a fanatic idealist. He has begun to hate war, but not because he is feeling sword. He is tender, but capable of rage. He is tolerant, but inclined to savage disdain, which becomes murderous anger. He kills Demochus. There is integrity in him. That the integrity of the one-tracked mind, his integrity is a matter of control and the balance of opposing impulses. Profoundly serious, he has humor, irony, and wisdom. Okay. Uh, and then the paragraph after that, we get a description of his change, how he changed. So let's do something similar for, um, for Wojciech. Let's, not the play, but the character. What would we say, um, let's put the spine aside for a moment, and let's describe the character, both inside and out. So what kind of character is he?
think he's emotionally intelligent. I think he's very aware of all the things going at, going on around him, and he feels like he can't do anything about it. I feel like he's a very helpless character. He feels very helpless. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, he's a, he's a helpless character. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, he feels very helpless. He can't do anything. Great, great, great. What um um what kind of um what kind of mind does he have? What is his concerns? What is he thinking about? He's very paranoid. Okay. Good. So that I think that would be a thing you want to put in there. So, you know, he's he's incredibly paranoid. He is um you know, worried about about Marie, uh uh you know, probably rightly, but he's also worried about this kind of end of the world. So he has these visions all throughout the play of apocalypse. And so that might be something to to write about. Um then we also want to talk about how he's changed over time. So he is th- this, again, reading from Tiger at the Gates, uh, talking about Hector. He has returned to Troy converted, a changed man. He is not always the Hector we first meet. He's a romantic who once romanticized the war. Um, but his romanticism has now been tempered by a new maturity. So how would you say uh, Wojciech has changed through the course of us knowing him? he just keeps like getting worse like that his like paranoia of his life and of the world ending all of it it just keeps escalating like he keeps getting crazier and crazier throughout the play Mm -hmm. doesn't get any better that's for sure good so he starts with kind of um you know somewhat intellectual young man and yeah and then as julia says he goes insane and so it's his paranoia his his kind of visions um you know the drive him crazy and I think what is driving him what's causing these visions what's causing this crazed behavior is also something you might want to mention um you know so eating only peas for an extended period of time and and being told where you can urinate is probably contributing to to these problems but that's the kind of work you want to do with with the character breakdown um, uh, for this, this project. Okay, great. So let's, um, let's keep going and let's jump to the next, uh, next portion of this, which isn't the director's note, but, um, the, the, the working script. Okay. And so that's one of the other plays. And I think it's the, um, you guys should have the, the waltz of the Toreadors. And so we'll be, we'll be taking a looking at, looking, take a look at how that's going to work. And I'm going to kind of compare it to, I mean, we could pick a scene if you'd like, but I'm, I'm taking a look at, um, at a scene, it's very short. So if if 
Julia, you were to do this, it's probably too short. I made a post. It's going to be like five to eight pages you'll be looking at. Um, but I, I was looking at scene seven um, in in the Voitsek script. So let's whoop, let's, drop my book. let's take a look at the waltz here and about these things, actions, adjustments, and activities. So you could see the positioning here. Page 268 is the... Uh, is the designation of those categories and 269 is, is the actual script and so here we go the doctor says then you must make haste general one good honest explanation cut to the quick before gangrene sets in hurry if you must but do it without flinching and then start again afresh crossing the threshold of that door seems like flying to the moon but in fact all it requires is this one step all right so we have that and we then will start with the action. So what action does Clerman assign to the doctor to advise? And again, we have this infinitive structure to the writing, right? To blank, uh, to kick, to jump, to swim, you know, whatever. To advise is here. And so what is the doctor doing in the scene? He is, his goal is to advise. Um, Gislaine, I think is how you say it. Uh, the, the other, whoever this person, I've also not read this play, so I don't know who these people are. Um, but that's his goal, to advise. And then we have the adjustment. The adjustment is like the adverb of the, the action, right? So he's not advising um, while leaning back in his seat. The there's something going on something it looks like gangrene possibly could set in so maybe we have a um a flesh wound that isn't being treated and so the doctor here is advising with urgency right with great urgency which is you know which clerman writes in an adverb adverbial form urgently so to advise urgently and that gives us the action the doctor is taking and the the sort of filter or the way in which the doctor is taking the action, how you would describe the action, right? And then um, Gislan, Gislan, I don't know, uh, says, I can't stand it, I must know. And so here, this person is, the action says, to hear the results. Um, uh, and it's, uh, it gives a long kind of adjustment here, which describes how he's behaving. Um, perhaps he has already become convinced of his wife's guilt and now, and is now ready to take the fatal step. Okay. When you, you can do that when you're doing your adjustments, you don't have to go that crazy. You could say maybe desperately, right? To hear the results desperately. Now, the last category here is action, uh, <laughs> activities. Activities are um, the things that these characters are doing um, in accord with their actions, right? So some of these are how the characters are talking. You can see this on page 270 when we have um, urgent, fast tempo, etc. Um, that's fine. Um, but really the kind of activities you want to focus on are more like at the bottom of, of page 270, um, 
This stops her. She stands rigid, swinging his head and body. So the actual physical actions, the physical activities that the character engages in, right? Um, you see on page 272, he's holding his head in agitated confusion. Um, so to remind him, rapid suggestions in the adjustment. So how is he reminding him via rapid suggestions? And what is the activity? Holding his head in confusion, right? Um, and it could be a number of things. It could be, um, you know, it, it could be any number of activities. One such example in the, the first scene of Wojciech would be kind of given to you already. He's shaving the captain. In the first scene, Wojciech and the captain have a conversation and Wojciech is shaving the captain. That's the activity, right? And you could say maybe he's, um, maybe he's not just shaving the captain. Maybe he then cleans the razor. Um, maybe he wipes the shaving cream off the captain's face. I, you know, you could be creative with it, but that would be an example of an activity, just certain actions. Now, of course, in Wojciech and in our scene in question, um, scene six, it doesn't, excuse me, I'm not, it's not scene six, it's scene seven, my bad. Scene seven, when the doctor is having a conversation with Wojciech, um, there isn't any specific, well, there's a few, but there aren't many specific actions given. We have the, the doctor snaps, or Wojciech snaps his fingers. Um, sure. Uh, though you don't have to follow that if you don't want to. Um, but with a scene like this, which is kind of open, you then want to select actions to, 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 that are, uh, excuse me, activities, I keep saying actions, activities that are appropriate to the actions and adjustments given. So let's take a look and see if we could parse this out for this, uh, this opening here. Scene seven, doctor. I don't believe it, Wojciech, and a man of your word? Wojciech. What's that, doctor, sir? I saw it all, Wojciech. You pissed on the street. You were pissing on the wall like a dog, and here I'm giving you three grossen a day plus board. That's terrible, Wojciech. The world's becoming a terrible place. A terrible place. But, doctor, sir, when nature, when nature, when nature, what has nature to do with it? Did I or did I prove to you that the musculus constrictor viscae is controlled by your will? Nature, Wojciech? Man is free, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so let's take a look at this and let's look at those opening exchanges between the doctor and Wojciech. What is the doctor's action with the line, I don't believe it, Wojciech, and a man of your word? What is the doctor doing to Wojciech? He's, like, he's reprimanding him and he's like upset with him. So, I mean, maybe an action could be that he like slams something down or stomps his foot. Sure. Upset with him. Well, the action, as you just said it, to reprimand. 
Perfect. That that's it. Uh, the activity, yeah, the activity is is fine too. You suggested an activity, which is you know, maybe to throw something down, to grab him. Um, you could say maybe he's carrying something and he throws it on the ground. That's great. Perfect. That 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 is the. Uh, that is the difficulty level here, right? It's not about um, these kind of genius insights into each line. It's about seeing each line as, um, or each line or each exchange or each each activity as being, um, you know, part of a, a construction that evolves over time. So to reprimand, throws his book on the ground, right? <laughs> that that's perfectly good. What kind of adjustment might we make? Maybe reprimanding angrily. Angrily. Good. That that's it. That's that is um that's kind of what I'm looking for here. Is just more or less an understanding of what's going on. And and you know, thinking like a director is combining these kind of high concepts and and freedom that creativity allows you with really like kind of somewhat boring and occasionally seemingly obvious nuts and bolts work. Good. So then let's look at at void sex uh uh response here. What's that doctor sir? The doctor talks. And then Wojciech says, but Dr. Sir, when nature, and then the doctor cuts him off. So thinking along these terms, um, what is the, the action of Wojciech here? Maybe it's pleading. Okay, to plead. Good. And that's how you'd put it, like to plead. Fair enough. Um, and then... Uh, maybe, oh, sorry. Maybe ahead. if... Like Kimberly said, the doctor's angry. He throws something down. Um, Voidsec could flinch reflexively. Sure. Yeah. To flinch reflexively. Uh, flin yeah, he, he flinches, jumps back, whatever. Sure. That type of thing. And you, you don't have to have an activity with every line, right? And you could look. That's why there's the template there. You, you could see, um, you know, very often um, there isn't. There isn't an activity, right? Sometimes people just need to talk, <laughs> right? Like in the first page on, on page uh, 268, there are no activities listed there. And that's fine. Try and and put about as many activities as you feel is necessary. Use the template as a guide, as kind of, you know, this is this is on average what this thing looks like. But good. So that's that's really the idea. Um, with something like this. And you want to do five to eight pages of it, just kind of thinking in terms of these kind of nuts and bolts, these going back and forth, these these actions that the characters are, are engaging in. Great. So now let's... Uh, any questions about that? Okay, good. Yeah, that is not um, not overly... That's probably the easier part of the assignment. Um, but let's go let's go forward into uh, the director's note or the director's letter. Uh, and I believe I gave you guys um, the creation of the world and other business by Arthur Miller. I think that's I checked before class and that's what I remember doing or that's what I saw. So 
we see here this is a letter to um, a designer. So imagine you're writing a letter to your design staff. And this is where the sort of uh, intellectual work, the, the reading of the play, kind of meets the, uh, the creative aspects. So we have here um, in the opening of this letter, Dear Boris, the creation of the world and other business is a philosophical comedy or a comedy with philosophy. So already we see there the theme, right? The theme is being reintegrated into this third part of the assignment. Um, da, da, da. Uh, he then goes on I and mean, he talks a little bit about why he's calling it philosoph philosophical comedy. Um, if you feel you're repeating yourself sometimes with this, Either that's okay, or you can forego the repetition. Um, just think in terms of the goal here, which is presenting a plan to a designer, or a design team, rather. Then he says, the dramatic struggle in the play, what the text calls the issue, is what the principle or power, sh is what principle or power shall rule the world, or who and what force must dominate in the world. Okay? Um, good, so there are two principles, God, in every sense, the Father, powerful, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then we have a few paragraphs down. Lucifer is reason, the corrector of God's possible errors in logic. So we have him kind of describing the struggle of the play in, in longer terms. Um, yeah, then... Um, then he moves on here and he starts talking about, um, he talks about, you know, the, the scene and whatnot. Then he starts talking about the production. Um, and the production, this is on page uh, 295. I see this is a philosophical comedy, which means that whatever else we accomplish, the words and sense of the play are more important than spectacle. Um, therefore, we must consider how to make the speakers stand out above everything else. The setting and background must be beautiful, simple. No matter what mechanical complexities are involved to the spectator, the audience, the stage must look simple, even to the point of bareness. We must forget the setting once we have admired and felt its tone, etc., etc. So we start to see the, um, the intellectual work he's doing connect to a general idea about one of the design elements, namely the setting. And here it's... Um, it's it's got to be simple, bare, pared down, right? This this somehow gets to his idea of a philosophical comedy. I have no idea what a philosophical comedy is supposed to be, but you could see here his description of it um, leads to having a simplistic or bare set. Um, and then what he goes on to describe on page two ninety six is this idea of a circle that the the stage should have some kind of circular aspect to it. Um, and there should be a place where Lucifer can step out of the circle. The circle represents the, the world, the earth, whatever. Um, and so Lucifer leaving the earth or not part of the earth or looking to demolish the earth needs a place on the set to, to not be within the circle, right? So that's the type of thinking that you, we want to apply to void sec. So, um, there's a number of different different production styles, uh, different directors we looked at. 
So I know Brecht, as we talked about, Bertolt Brecht, and we, we looked at the uh, the old Vic video of uh, Mother Courage and Brechtian style. Um, Brecht was inspired by this. So what if you conceived of Wojciech like a Brechtian play, and therefore you would have um, not a lot of set, a bareback wall, um, a, a rotating stage where you could put the prop pieces that are necessary for each scene on it and rotate it out, but really have a pared down set. The idea being that if you want to reveal the, um, the, the constricting nature of society, a Brechtian play would allow you to explore those questions about, you know, the struggle of somebody's place in society. If you wanted to go more in an expressionistic way, um, there's a, a version of of this play done recently by the guy, I don't remember his name, John something, who was the star in the most recent trilogy of Star Wars movies, um, the, the British actor, and he did a version of Wojciech where he was, he was a Wojciech, and it was very expressionistic. And the idea was he was a soldier with, um, with post-traumatic stress disorder, and the, the play was... Um, very loud and bright and the setting uh didn't have a defined aspect to it right it was not clearly one place but a kind of bizarre and frightening uh world um, and so you can imagine the set being you know almost like a tim burton set right if anybody knows that that film director where there's recognizable features but they're distorted or strange um or, or perverse or, or grotesque. And that could reflect the psychological interior of, of Wojciech if you wanted to do more of a, a psychological reading of Wojciech as opposed to a social reading of Wojciech. You could look towards expressionism. Um, you could look towards Artaud. When we did Artaud, God, I want to say a month and a half ago at this point, um, and kind of the, the way things were yelled and the, the kind of theater of abuse, the theater of cruelty that Arto talks about. And maybe that's a way in which to engage the social, right? We could see now this social world as cruel just as the, the means of directing it, the way of setting the play is cruel. And so all of these options are open to you. And those are a range of things I, I just came up with off the, off the top of my head for Voidsec. Um, but you could do that with, with other plays as well. You have to, of course, try and be appropriate, match the style and content. So if you're doing the misanthrope, doing an Artaud-style theater of cruelty for the misanthrope might be a bit of a problem, right? Like having people chant nonsense while wearing very little clothes and hugging each other and trying to do the misanthrope seems like it doesn't make any sense, right? That, you know, you, you want them, the misanthrope is, you know, it's about society and social customs. Um, that uh, Arto might not be the person to go for. But that still means you have a, a variety of, of things you could do. It depends upon the reading you want to do, right? Um, and so that actually brings us to time. Um, and so hopefully, hopefully that was helpful. Uh, I, of course, will stay on this chat if anybody has uh, questions. Email me if you have any questions that you come up with. And so we'll go back to Wojciech and Balinese Theater on Friday. Otherwise, you are free to go.